Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, we come today to the fourth and final Sunday of Advent, and appropriately so, as we're just getting ready for Christmas, we come to a very important spiritual point. The Bible and the spirituality that has flowed from it have always been subversive. I mean that literally. They turn everything upside down. And I mean this in many senses. But there's one manner of subversion that I think is particularly important, and it comes through in the readings for today. The Bible turns upside down the way we customarily think about the God-human relationship. Now, what do I mean? Well, in almost every other religion or philosophy, and I mean East and West, you know, across the ages, God or the gods are powerful forces who have to be supplicated, begged, prayed to, sacrificed to, in order for human beings to get what they want. Again, think of religions all over the world, and you'll find a similar dynamic. God or the gods are, are kind of distant. They're a little difficult. <laughs> They're reluctant. And we have to strive mightily to get them to give us what we want. So if we pray hard enough, if we're morally good enough, if we show our deference sufficiently, then maybe we could pry from these reluctant divinities something that they're unlikely to give on their own. But the Bible presents an entirely different picture. As I've often said, in some ways it's, it's the whole Bible, the Scripture is not the story of our quest for God. I mean, that's on display in, in every other religion, every book of spirituality. Go to the, the, your bookstore, to the spirituality section. You'll find, a, you know, 100 books on our search for God. How do we find God? How do we manage to climb the holy mountain? The Bible's not that story, though. It is much more the story of God's quest for us. The Bible is not a tale of our increasingly abject supplication of God. If anything, it's the opposite. It's the tale of God's begging us to ask more of him. I know how, how strange that can sound, because it's so counterintuitive. But the Bible is a tale of God supplicating us to ask more of him. Now, both the first reading and the gospel for this fourth Sunday of Advent, I think, make this subversion really evident. Reading one is taken, again, from the prophet Isaiah. We read a lot from Isaiah during Advent. This one from chapter 7. We hear of Ahaz. Now, Ahaz was a young, inexperienced king 
who finds himself in a bit of a pickle. I won't give you all the details, but the Assyrian Empire is bearing down on Israel. Allies and enemies are, are forming uh, various agreements. And, and young Ahaz is kind of in the middle of all this and doesn't quite know what to do. Isaiah the prophet tells him to put his trust in the Lord, but the young king wavers. The prophet encourages him, ask for a sign. Let it be deep as the netherworld or high as the sky. In other words, what the prophet's saying to this young king is dream big. Trust amply. Ask God for something extraordinary. But still, the young king hesitates. Listen, I will not ask. I will not tempt the Lord. See, God is asking Ahaz to move out of the narrow space of what he can envision or expect and to open himself to the amazing things that God wants to do for him. The Lord is not demanding moral excellence from the king. He's, he's not telling him to grovel, right? He's not saying, now listen, you know, if, if you do all these things, maybe I'll give you what you want. No, he's, he's telling him to dream. Ask for a sign, even the most extravagant. Go crazy. Let it be as high as the sky, as deep as the netherworld. In other words, I want to do something great for you. Be open to it. The problem, and here we come to the heart of the matter, is not that God is reluctant to give, but that we are reluctant to ask. Not that God hesitates to give us grace, but that we hesitate to receive it. See what I'm saying? It, it's such a, a subversion, a reversal of the usual dynamics of religion. Now, what's marvelous, stay with this story from Isaiah 7, is that God gives the sign anyway. So he says to the king, look, ask, ask, dream big. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll give it anyway, says God. Therefore, the Lord himself, listen now, will give you this sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall name him Emmanuel. I know you're afraid to ask, but God's going to give you this extraordinary gift anyway. Emmanuel, that lovely name. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with us. Now, now, did, did Ahaz understand the full meaning of that gift? Uh-uh. It wouldn't happen for many, many centuries that anyone would fully understand what that gift means. Okay, so let's fast forward those 700 years or so to the little town of Nazareth in Galilee, and the simple home of Joseph, a carpenter betrothed to a young girl called Mary, Miriam. This man had just received some pretty devastating news. Namely, that the woman to whom he was engaged was pregnant. You know, evidently by another man. We can barely begin to sense how crushing this must have been for him. You know, the Bible, it's typical. 
here. Uh, it, it's not, the Bible isn't like like Dickens or Dostoevsky; these novelists that give you all the details about people's emotions and feelings. The Bible does it in very understated, laconic terms. But if we spell it out, the woman he loved had evidently betrayed him. The life he had planned had come undone. He would be humiliated in his community. And let's be blunt, if the law of Israel, the law of Moses, were followed to the letter, Mary would be stoned to death. And that's why, see, hoping against hope, he had resolved to divorce Mary quietly. That was to try to save her life and her reputation. In other words, this young fellow, and again, you know, often we, we imagine Joseph as an old man. There's no reason in the Bible to, to sense that. Uh, but think of him as beleaguered as young King Ahaz. So Ahaz, under all of his political pressure and fear for his life indeed, now this young man, 700 years later, Joseph. We can only imagine how difficult it must have been for him even to fall asleep that night. Did he ask God for a sign? Well, we don't know. No word of Joseph is ever recorded in the New Testament. But that night, we hear, in his dreams, he did receive a sign. And it was something greater than he could ever possibly have imagined. Listen. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. His despair turned to the profoundest joy. Now, why? Why? For he had opened himself to the marvel that God wanted to give him. That through his wife, a son would be born who would save the world from sin. He saw formerly only one way out of his predicament, and it was fairly awful. I mean, he was trying to divorce Mary quietly so as to maybe preserve her life. But what did God do? God opened up an undreamed-of horizon of meaning and purpose and grace. God wants to give us life. He wants us to dream big. He wants our expectation to be as extravagant as his generosity. So again, religion, everybody, at least biblical religion, is not a desperate game of sufficiently impressing a reluctant God, but rather of opening our hearts and minds wide enough to take in what God wants to give. Maybe I'll close with uh, a reference from Thomas Merton. Merton said, in his view, the central problem for most religious people is the Promethean problem. He was drawing attention to that ancient myth, remember, of Prometheus who climbed Mount Olympus. He steals fire from the gods. That was the gods' unique prerogative. 
and he, he spreads it on the earth to the benefit of humanity. But, but the gods are not pleased about this. On the contrary, the gods are angry, and they capture Prometheus, and they punish him ruthlessly for the rest of time. That's the Promethean view of religion. The gods are, are distant and they're reluctant. We have to steal something from them, maybe by our own achievement. Then there's the Bible that undoes all of that. If anything, it's God trying to steal from us, trying to inculcate in us a greater expectation for what he wants to give. Maybe, everybody, that's the biggest problem in religion. We don't open our minds, our hearts, our wills big enough, full enough to receive what God wants to give. Do you see now why I think it's beautiful that the church gives us these readings as Advent comes to its close? Because the whole purpose of the season is to prepare for what? Exactly what was promised to Ahaz, Emmanuel. Exactly what was promised to Joseph. Same thing now is promised to us. This Christ, the Son of God, this Jesus, who will save his people from their sins. Are we open enough? Can we dream big enough to receive this incomparable grace from God? That's precisely what the Advent season is meant to do. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.